it's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. You're listening to IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm Enzo Garitano, President and CEO of Infrastructure Health and Safety Association, and I'm here with Michelle Roberts. Our topic today is going to be sharing the road with large trucks, where we're going to continue our conversation with OPP Sergeant Carrie Schmidt. Michelle, I'll pass it on to you. Let's uh, touch about some of the unique factors when it comes to sharing the road with large commercial vehicles. And in particular, we're talking about, you know, transport trucks. We would like to hear from you um, on some of the tips that regular passenger drivers so those who commute for work they're not in they don't have a professional class license they're in a regular passenger vehicle we know as you started at at the beginning of the podcast that unfortunately there has been collisions with large commercial vehicles the severity and the outcome is tends to be very um traumatic and we want to prevent those and we know that in many of those cases it's the Uh, risky behavior or the poor decisions being made by the other passenger vehicle, not necessarily the professional truck driver. And we want to be able to remind everyone on some of those uh, safe tips, you know, with regards to sharing the roads safely with large commercial uh, vehicles. So let's start about trucks blind spots. So what can you share with us about knowing about being aware of a truck's blind spot? Well, they're huge and they're massive and they're almost everywhere. They can be in front of the vehicle, right beside the vehicle and in the back uh, corners of the vehicle. When you look at a transport truck and the driver is seated up high above everybody else in the traffic and you look at what his view is, he has mirrors all over the place, you know, looking down beside him in front of him that will show a a view behind and in but yet there's still those signs you always see on the back of trucks and if you can't see me I can't see you you know. They maybe they can see part of the vehicle, but they may not know exactly what's going on. And so having that awareness and sharing those roads appropriately with other vehicles of different sizes, uh, particularly if you're a motorcycle, you know, even pedestrian and uh, and bicyclists, we see them in the cities as well. You know, th- consider how v- large vehicles, large articulated vehicles operate. And when they make a turn, those uh, trailer wheels are going to track well inside of uh, where the steering axles are going to be turning. And so that is just another reminder to, to understand the dynamics of these vehicles. So there are blind spots everywhere. And if you're sitting, you know, behind a vehicle, you know, in their blind spot, some drivers may be a little bit hesitant, a little bit uh, nervous to drive alongside a transport truck, not knowing what's happening, uh, if they can actually see them. And they, they sit in these blind spots, not realizing how dangerous and frustrating that can be for all sorts of drivers. You know, we are sharing the road with one another and uh, knowing where you are in relation to other vehicles around you, not just in front of you, but uh, beside you and behind you. Uh, Every passenger vehicle has mirrors as well. You should have probably three mirrors in your vehicle at minimum uh, to look on both sides in your rear view mirror. You need to know what is what's going on around you. And those blind spots are by design you need to actively ensure that any movement you make can be done safely and so that's not just relying on your mirrors but it's also relying on your head to uh, turn and you do those shoulder checks and and look back over your shoulder to see what's right behind you just to your left or just to your right and uh, if you have that awareness truck drivers may not have those abilities to do a shoulder check in a transport truck so they would 
they depend on additional mirrors. The vehicles have sensors and, and, and blind spot monitoring and some have cameras as well that will show different images. Um, but again, you need to use them and be aware of that. So we just we just ask drivers to really consider how they're sharing the roads and you know what lane are they in? We can get into lane discipline. I wanna talk about that as well. But, uh, but the blind spots are, are a huge issue. And, and when we look at uh, the root causes of collisions here, I guess, is the number one uh, problem. You know, back, looking at 2016 to 2020, the leading cause of crashes involving commercial motor vehicles was an improper lane change. 22% of every crash we investigated had a component of an improper lane change uh, in its collision. And then that's massive. That speaks volumes. And, you know, if you just t uh, clip a vehicle, as a transport truck and send it spinning in front of you, you don't know where it's going to end up. And, and that can go on, uh, on all kinds of vehicle uh, configurations, but, but that is the leading cause of, of crashes. So think about that before you make any change, you need to be make, make sure it can be done safely. And let's, let's expand on that. You said lane discipline. So I know that's referring to as well, passing, you know, there was restrictions on what lanes uh, large commercial vehicles can travel in and, and not travel in. So let's talk about that lane discipline and, and safely passing. Yeah, well, again, in the, on the 400 series highways, when there's three or more lanes in many areas, uh, trucks and any vehicle over six and a half meters is prohibited from driving in the far left lane. Now, we certainly still see trucks uh, driving in those lanes inappropriately. You know, they're going to be maybe driving slower than traffic, but they're just a huge, massive wall and they block you know, all kinds of uh, space. And, and the left lane is there for passenger vehicles for, for their flow of, of traffic and for them to be able to pass vehicles as well. Now, for me, again, a, a pet peeve and a bone of uh, frustration for many officers is these drivers that sit in the left lane and they may put their vehicles uh, in that lane, set the cruise control at 110 or 115 or 120 and think, okay, I'm good to go now. No one's gonna bother me. And, and they don't realize until if they were actually looking in their mirror, they, they would see a whole line of cars behind them waiting to get by, or you'd see the, these cars now passing them in the middle lane. And again, anytime a vehicle passes you on the right, that just tells me that you're in the wrong lane. So we just, uh, again, we get calls about road rage and frustrated drivers. And, and very often you see that vehicle that's weaving through all lanes of traffic. And yes, they are aggressive and they need to be held accountable. But you may also look back and see some vehicle uh, doting along in the far left lane, completely oblivious to the fact that they're causing a jam up of traffic behind them. And now drivers are getting frustrated and they're going into other lanes and and that's where we get into collisions and there we have improper lane changes again being the number one cause of crashes and it may have been because of that one driver that just refused to use their mirrors and understand where they fit in in this whole uh, whole issue if you don't feel comfortable driving on a foreign series highway or you think the only place that you should be is in the far left lane well maybe you should find uh, alternate highways and, and routes to get to your destination uh, because you know the driving is a privilege and we need everyone to do their part and we just ask everyone to be aware of those mirrors be aware of traffic behind you and beside you and, and again don't just move into the middle lane because the middle lane is the passing lane for the trucks and uh, they're they're going to be in the far right lane for the most part and uh and the only lane they can move into to pass is that middle lane so again don't be uh, sitting 
in the middle lane thinking that the, there's no issues as well. We get complaints very often for uh, from drivers saying there's a vehicle tailgating me and, and and trying to push me out of the way. And that's their their perception. And uh, usually my first question is what lane are you in? And maybe if you would just move over, it would all be gone. And usually that's the case, but there's a bit of a, maybe a pride or a bit of an ego where people don't want to have other cars pass them. They want to set the speed that they think is appropriate and no one should go faster than that. Uh, but that just leads to all kinds of problems. So driving is a privilege. Let's uh, make sure we uh, share the road responsibly and safely with everybody. And if that means uh, moving over and letting a vehicle that's speeding pass, uh, it's not your job to control the rate of speed. We'll do that already in our job and uh, and you'll get to your destination in, in good time safely as well. But, you know, we just need everyone to do their part. And even when, you, when you're talking about the passing and if we think of the uh, commercial vehicles, some people don't realize too that in Ontario, the, the large commercial vehicles, the transport trucks are governed at a speed, right? At 105. So that truck doesn't have the capacity to exceed that um, if, if they're properly governed. And a lot of, you know, passenger vehicles don't realize that they get frustrated. Why are they going so slow? You know, then they start maybe even tailgating or cutting off the driver. And those are dangerous behaviors because as you mentioned earlier on, um, the vehicle configuration, the size, the weight, they need greater stopping distance, right? And if you cut into that space cushion or that safe cushion, that, that space between your vehicle and the front of the, the tractor trailer, you know, that's a dangerous move. We got to be very careful of that and, and, and warn people that, you know, th it takes a lot of time to stop a large transport truck. I've seen plenty of vehicles going from the far left lane once they get close to an exit and cut across all lanes of traffic to uh, make their exit, cutting other vehicles and transport trucks off in their in their wake. And we've seen collisions come as a result of that. Again, completely irresponsible. If you're gonna be cutting off a driver, because even going up a hill, uh, transport trucks, even going 105, may not be able to maintain that speed going up a hill and they'll put on their four-way flashing lights and all of a sudden they're only going 80 or 85 kilometers an hour uh, crawling up this hill just because of their mass. And, uh, and that takes, it, there's a lot of power behind that. But again, on the other side, if they need to stop suddenly because someone cuts them off, they may not be able to. And if you uh, are driving a transport truck and you slam on the brakes suddenly, and there's a very good chance that that trailer will actually push the, the transport you know, sideways and it'll begin to jackknife. And once, uh, once you're off by just a very few number of degrees off of center, and there's nothing a driver can do to, to recover from that, and uh, they're going along for the ride. And we get calls for jackknife transport trucks all the time. And very often it's because they claim that they were cut off by a driver who just you know, wasn't aware of their, um, of their speed, their size, and, and I guess just the dynamics of how these vehicles operate. Again, collisions are always preventable. There are so many factors involved in that. And that once we come to the realization that we sometimes play a part in these collisions, we may not think we're guilty, but until we objectively look at our situation, we may finally come to that realization that, yeah, I could have done things differently. And this probably could have been avoided had I given it just a, another second of time or uh, you know, a couple more uh, meters of distance of space because you know, all those factors play into, you know, your ability to escape and find an escape route. So having that following distance, which is appropriate, you know, that gives you time and time is your friend. 
in allowing you to slow down, change lanes, or or adjust your driving accordingly to you know adjust and account for whatever changing conditions are coming up in front of you. Yeah, no, no, those are all great tips, and thank you for continuing to reinforce those with us. I know that. Um, as we said, it's important that we're aware of the limitations of the truck. We, we touched on, you know, wide turns, you know, that they need more space. So don't creep into their space if they're making a, a right-hand turn. You mentioned, you know, the rollback as well. And that's something that uh, some people aren't so familiar with. And that when they're um, maybe stopped at an intersection or an off-ramp and um, they need to give that space, the truck ahead of them needs that space. So put a car space in between you so that if the, the, yeah. the transport truck does roll back, you're not going to get yourself into a situation. You're listening to IHSA Safety Podcast. Join us again as we continue our conversation with OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt on the subject of seasonal tips for driving, including weather, increased volume, and construction season. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening. Each year, about 5,000 IHSA supervisor logbooks are ordered for supervisors across Ontario. Why is the logbook so popular? Because it was developed by the industry for the industry. That's what makes it unique. IHSA thanks the members of the Labor Management Network and Advisory Councils who contributed their knowledge, experience, and time to the preparation of this supervisor logbook. Contact IHSA at 1-800-263-5024. That's 1-800-263-5024. Or visit IHSA.ca. That's IHSA.ca.